Section 37 of the Journals of Robert Falcon Scott Volume 1 by Robert Falcon Scott This is a LibriVox recording. Section 37 Chapter 17 On the Beardmore Glacier Part 2 Saturday, December the 16th, Camp 38 A gloomy morning, clearing at noon, and ending in a gloriously fine evening, Although constantly anxious in the morning, the light held good for travelling throughout the day, and we have covered eleven miles, statute, altering the aspect of the glacier greatly. But the travelling has been very hard. We started at seven, lunched at twelve-fifteen, and marched on till six-thirty, over ten hours on the march, the limit of time to be squeezed into one day. We began on ski, as usual, Evans's team hampering us a bit, the pulling very hard after yesterday's snowfall. In the afternoon we continued on ski, till after two hours we struck a peculiarly difficult surface, old hard sastrugi underneath, with pits and high soft sastrugi due to very recent snowfalls. The sledges were so often brought up by this that we decided to take to our feet, and thus made better progress, but for the time with very excessive labour. The crust, brittle, held for a pace or two, then let one down with a bump, some eight or ten inches. Now and again one's leg went down a crack in the hard ice underneath. We drew up a slope on this surface, and discovered a long ice-fall extending right across our track. I presume the same pressure which caused Shackleton to turn towards the cloud-maker. We made in for that mountain and soon got on hard, crevassed, undulating ice, with quantities of soft snow in the hollows. The disturbance seems to increase, but the snow to diminish as we approach the rocks. We shall look for more moraine, and try and follow it up to-morrow. The hills on our left have horizontally stratified rock, alternating with snow. The exposed rock is very black. The brownish colour of the cloud-maker has black horizontal streaks across it, the sides of the glacier north of the cloud-maker have a curious cutting, the upper part less steep than the lower, suggestive of different conditions of glacier flow in succeeding ages. We must push on all we can, for we are now six days behind Shackleton, all due to that wretched storm. So far, since we got amongst the disturbances, we have not seen such alarming crevasses as I had expected. Certainly dogs could have come up as far as this. At present one gets terribly hot and perspiring on the march, and quickly cold when halted. But the sun makes up for all the evils. It is very difficult to know what to do about the ski. Their weight is considerable, and yet under certain circumstances they are extraordinarily useful. Everyone is very satisfied with our summit ration. The party which has been man-hauling for so long say they are far less hungry than they used to be. It is good to think that the majority will keep up this good feeding all through. Sunday, December the 17th, Camp 39. Soon after starting we found ourselves in rather a mess. Bad pressure ahead, and long waves between us and the land. Blue ice showed on the crests of the waves. Very soft snow lay in the hollows. We had to cross the waves in places thirty feet from crest to hollow, and we did it by sitting on the sledge and letting her go. 
Thus we went down with a rush, and our impetus carried us some way up the other side, and followed a fearfully tough drag to rise the next crest. After two hours of this I saw a larger wave, the crest of which continued hard ice up the glacier. We reached this, and got excellent travelling for two miles on it, then rose on a steep gradient, and so topped the pressure ridge. The smooth ice is again lost, and we have patches of hard and soft snow, with ice peeping out in places, cracks in all directions, and legs very frequently down. We have done very nearly five miles, geographical. Evening. Temperature minus twelve degrees. Height about three thousand five hundred above barrier. After lunch, decided to take the risk of sticking to the centre of the glacier, with good result. We travelled on up the more or less rounded ridge, which I had selected in the morning, and camped at six-thirty, with twelve and a half statute miles made good. This has put Mount Hope in the background, and shows us more of the upper reaches. If we can keep up the pace, we gain on Shackleton, and I don't see any reason why we shouldn't, except that more pressure is showing up ahead. For once, one can say, sufficient for the day is the good thereof. Our luck may be on the turn. I think we deserve it. In spite of the hard work, everyone is very fit, and very cheerful, feeling well fed, and eager for more toil. Eyes are much better, except for poor Wilson's. He has caught a very bad attack. Remembering his trouble on our last southern journey, I fear he is in for a very bad time. We got fearfully hot this morning, and marched in singlets, which became ringing wet. Thus uncovered, the sun gets at one's skin, and then the wind, which makes it horribly uncomfortable. Our lips are very sore. We cover them with the soft silk plaster, which seems about the best thing for the purpose. I am inclined to think that the summit trouble will be mostly due to the chill falling on sunburnt skins. Even now one feels the cold strike directly one stops. We get fearfully thirsty and chip up ice on the march, as well as drinking a great deal of water on halting. Our fuel only just does it, but that is all we want, and we have a bit in hand for the summit. The pulling this afternoon was fairly pleasant, at first over hard snow, and then on to pretty rough ice with surface snowfield cracks, bad for sledges, but ours promised to come through well. We have worn our crampons all day, and are delighted with them. Petty Officer Evans, the inventor of both crampons and ski-shoes, is greatly pleased, and certainly we owe him much. The weather is beginning to look dirty again, snow-clouds rolling in from the east as usual. I believe it will be overcast to-morrow. Monday, December the 18th, Camp 40. Lunch nearly 4,000 feet above barrier. Overcast and snowing this morning, as I expected, land showing on starboard hand. So, though it was gloomy and depressing, we could march and did. We have done our eight statute miles between 8.20 and 1 p.m. At first, fairly good surface. Then the ice got very rugged, with sword-cut splits. We got on a slope which made matters worse. I then pulled up to the left, at first without much improvement. But, as we topped a rise, the surface got much better, and things looked quite promising for the moment. On our right we have now a pretty good view of the Adams Marshall and Wild Mountains, and their very curious horizontal stratification. 
Wright has found, amongst bits of wind-blown debris, an undoubted bit of sandstone and a bit of black basalt. We must get to know more of the geology before leaving the glacier finally. This morning all our gear was fringed with ice crystals, which looked very pretty. Afternoon. Night camp number 40, about 4,500 above barrier. Temperature minus 11 degrees. Latitude about 84 degrees 34 minutes. After lunch got on some very rough stuff within a few hundred yards of pressure ridge. There seemed no alternative, and we went through with it. Later the glacier opened out into a broad basin with irregular undulations, and we got on to a better surface. But later on again this improvement nearly vanished, so that it has been hard going all day. But we have done a good mileage, and for fourteen statute. We are less than five days behind Shackleton now. There was a promise of a clearance about noon, but later more snow-clouds drifted over from the east, and now it is snowing again. We have scarcely caught a glimpse of the eastern side of the glacier all day. The western side has not been clear enough to photograph at the Holtz. It is very annoying, but I suppose we must be thankful when we get our marches off. Still sweating horribly on the march, and very thirsty at the Holtz. Tuesday, December the 19th. Lunch. Rise 650. Distance 8.5 geographical. Camp 41. Things are looking up. Started on good surface. Soon came to very annoying criss-cross cracks. I fell into two and have bad bruises on knee and thigh. But we got along all the time until we reached an admirable smooth ice surface excellent for travelling. The last mile, neve predominating, and therefore the pulling a trifle harder. We have risen into the upper basin of the glacier. Seemingly close about us are the various land masses which adjoin the summit. It looks as though we might have difficulties in the last narrows. We are having a long lunch hour for angles, photographs and sketches. The slight southwesterly wind came down the glacier as we started, and the sky, which was overcast, has rapidly cleared in consequence. Night. Height about 5,800. Camp 41. We stepped off this afternoon at the rate of two miles or more an hour, with the very satisfactory result of seventeen statute miles to the good for the day. It has not been a strain, except perhaps for me with my wounds received early in the day. The wind has kept us cool on the march, which has in consequence been very much pleasanter. We are not wet in our clothes to-night, and have not suffered from the same overpowering thirst as on previous days. Temperature minus eleven degrees, minimum minus five degrees. Evans and Bowers are busy taking angles, as they have been all day. We shall have material for an excellent chart. Days like this put heart in one. Wednesday, December the 20th, Camp 42, 6,500 feet, about. Just got off our last best half-march, 10 miles, 1,150 yards, geographical, over 12 miles statute. With an afternoon to follow, we should do well to-day. The wind has been coming up the valley. Turning this book seems to have brought luck. We marched on till nearly seven o'clock after a long lunch halt and covered nineteen and a half geographical miles, nearly twenty-three statute, rising eight hundred feet. This morning we came over a considerable extent of hard snow, 
then got to hard ice with patches of snow, a state of affairs which has continued all day. Pulling the sledges on crampons is no difficulty at all. At lunch Wilson and Bowers walked back two miles or so to try and find Bowers's broken sledge-meter, without result. During their absence a fog spread about us, carried up the valleys by easterly wind. We started the afternoon march in this fog very unpleasantly, but later it gradually lifted, and to-night it is very fine and warm. As the fog lifted we saw a huge line of pressure ahead. I steered for a place where the slope looked smoother, and we are camped beneath the spot to-night. We must be ahead of Shackleton's position on the 17th. All day we have been admiring a wonderful banded structure of the rock. To-night it is beautifully clear on Mount Darwin. I have just told off the people to return to-morrow night. Atkinson, Wright, Cherrygard, and Keon. All are disappointed. Poor Wright, rather bitterly, I fear. I dread this necessity of choosing. Nothing could be more heart-rending. I calculated our programme to start from 85 degrees 10 minutes, with 12 units of food and 8 men. We ought to be in this position to-morrow night, less one day's food. After all our harassing trouble, one cannot but be satisfied with such a prospect. Thursday, December the 21st, Camp 43, Latitude 85 degrees 7 minutes, Longitude 163 degrees 4 minutes, Height about 8,000 feet, Upon Glacier Depot, Temperature minus 2 degrees. We climbed the ice slope this morning, and found a very bad surface on top as far as crevasses were concerned. We all had falls into them, Atkinson and Teddy Evans going down the length of their harness. Evans had rather a shake-up. The rotten ice surface continued for a long way, though I crossed to and fro towards the land, trying to get on better ground. At twelve the wind came from the north, bringing the inevitable mist up the valley, and covering us just as we were in the worst of places. We camped for lunch, and were obliged to wait two and a half hours for a clearance. Then the sun began to struggle through, and we were off. We soon got out of the worst crevasses, and on to a long snow slope, leading on part of Mount Darwin. It was a very long stiff pull-up, and I held on till 7.30, when, the other team being some way astern, I camped. We have done a good march, risen to a satisfactory altitude, and reached a good place for our depot. Tomorrow we start with our fullest summit load, and the first march should show us the possibilities of our achievement. The temperature has dropped below zero, but tonight it is so calm and bright that one feels delightfully warm and comfortable in the tent. Such weather helps greatly in all the sorting arrangements, etc., which are going on tonight. For me it is an immense relief to have the indefatigable little bowers to see to all the detailed arrangements of this sort. We have risen a great height to-day, and I hope it will not be necessary to go down again, but it looks as though we must dip a bit, even to go to the south-west. December the 21st, 1911, latitude 85 degrees south. We are struggling on, considering all things against odds. The weather is a constant anxiety, otherwise arrangements are working exactly as planned. For your own ear also, I am exceedingly fit and can go with the best of them. It is a pity the luck doesn't come our way, 
because every detail of equipment is right. I write this sitting in our tent, waiting for the fog to clear, an exasperating position as we are in the worst crevassed region. Teddy Evans and Atkinson were down to the length of their harness this morning, and we have all been halfway down. As first man I get first chance, and it's decidedly exciting not knowing which step will give way. Still, all this is interesting enough, if one could only go on. Since writing the above, I made a dash for it, got out of the valley, out of the fog, and away from crevasses. So here we are, practically on the summit, and up to date in the provision line. We ought to get through. End of chapter 17, part 2